Hey, Ben. What is it bad luck to be followed by a black cat? No idea. When you're a mouse. Oh. <laughs> hey, Hunter. Where do ghosts like to travel on vacation? Where? The Dead Sea. <laughs> hey, Ben. What do you get when you cross a vampire and a snowman? A really cold dead guy. Frostbite. Oh. <laughs> hey, Hunter. Ah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? <laughs> Don't cry. The Altered Podcast is getting ready to start right now. <sighs> Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. Ooh, welcome to the Altered Podcast, where Dina annoys me before the intro theme song now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that started in the month of October, so happy October. You know, yeah. trick or treat. It's it's trick time. Episode 14. <laughs> Episode 14. 14? Wow. Is it really 14? Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. I remember, when, I remember episode one. <laughs> 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 ah, the good old days of episode one. Yep, no theme song, no Dina. <laughs> <laughs> that was the ha, terrible ha, days. Ha. But we didn't. We didn't have a theme song. We didn't have an outro. We didn't have a lot of things. Yeah, Man, no. I feel like we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. We hardly had microphones. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, we're still using the same microphones. Oh. Though. But yeah. now we have these like cool, fancy like articulating arms for them. Ben actually talks into his microphone half the time now. Uh, I mean, I'd call <laughs> it like 90%. Thank you very much. It's because we tease you all the time. It, it is because you tease me all the time. <laughs> like, we have to like specifically sit at spots of the table so Ben can not have to move his head. It's actually really hard for me because Dana's out of my eye, my, my eye line of sight. My eye line of sight. And so I have to like, I have to I have to turn my head. But I have to be careful. He says that, but he made me move just about five minutes ago. Well, but you would have been really out of my line of sight had you been sitting beside <laughs> me. And I would have definitely turned and just been talking off the mic. Like this. So see? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So whenever Had you're listening and Ben starts sounding like he's going away, he really is. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> so Hunter, hey, hold on just a second, Ben, oh. before we dive into anything that makes me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> so the fun, spooky season, episode one, was on Halloween, and just should Christians celebrate Halloween, right? Yes. Episode two was on what? What was it on? It was on witchcraft. Exactly. Yeah. Witchcraft. Episode three, which is this one, is what? Is demon possession. Demon possession. Now, I feel like we need to clarify. Because when you say episode one, and we were just talking about episode one, <laughs> it kind of confuses me. Oh. Well, episode <laughs> 11, which was the first of the spooky episodes, yeah, was on, actually was on Should Christian Celebrate Halloween. Right. Episode Two of that, which is episode 12. <laughs> which one? <laughs> <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're on episode 14. <laughs> you don't even know which one. <laughs> episode 12 anyway. <laughs> episode. This tw- is why I shouldn't let them do this. That's, that's probably true. <laughs> episode 12, which is episode one of the spookies, Wait. was on should Christian celebrate Halloween. Episode what episode are we on? <laughs> on? I don't even know anymore. Well, okay, the problem was is that we took after Pastor Chris and did like living that Christian life part 196. 74,812. I tried to keep it to six so and episode, I kept adding things. Episode 11 and 12 was on evangelism, 
So then that means that the Halloween episodes are actually 13, 14, 15, and 16. So this is 15. So we're on 15. Whoa. Yes. This is a milestone. It is. (laughs) Every episode is a milestone, Hunter. (laughs) Every episode's a milestone because you all just keep putting up with me. And This is a blessing we get one out on time at this point. I know. Tell me about it. Well, we did the other day. we had some technical issues this past week. Yeah, that was all. That was my fault. This is Ben's brain is the technical issue. Well, that's really true. Well, and then part of our uh, recording got messed up. Yeah. But we, unfortunately, we can't name it on that. As, or we can't name it. We can't blame it. <laughs> blah, 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 blame it on that as much. All right, Ben. <sighs> anyway. He's going to incriminate. I, I am, very much so. So, you know, Hunter, you should tell me about what happened today at your um, football game. Just just give me a quick, like, two-second synopsis of it. I got angry. <laughs> and? Yelled. I heard you acted like you were a little bit, oh, I don't know, possessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I got mad. And through my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Were you crawling around on your like your back or something? No, but he he was, and and you told me a little bit about it. You know, like you were afraid some kids were going to get hurt. Yeah. It wasn't just that you were mad just because you were losing. It was because you were mad that <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to make it sound like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like he wasn't Hashtag mad. Truth. <laughs> he wasn't mad for no reason. He was mad because he felt like some kids were going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I totally un- understand. Yeah, I thought it was negligence. Yeah. Yeah, and so you were taking up for him, but you were acting angry, and in the process, we were aggravating you before the episode because we were talking about demon possession, and we were like, hey, Hunter, you were acting like you were possessed. <laughs> yeah, well, and then that, that was not just it, and then whenever I was down 13-0 to zero with 13 seconds left, the yeah. other coach caught a timeout, and then I really <laughs> acted, I didn't act demon possessed, I acted like Lucifer possessed me, <laughs> like I was, my eyeball shot out of my head and my hair turned to fire. Like, wow. But, but... Is that how we should act, Hunter? Shut up, Dina. <laughs> Is that how we should talk but to my wife? <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> You're so mean. But, okay, so we joke about that. Stupid sheep. Hey, 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 hey. You're talking about yourself now. Oh, <laughs> say something about it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Better check yourself or you wreck yourself. Now, we say all that and we joke about it, right? And how many times do we hear people joke like that? that oh, they oh, they're, oh, they must be demons that's acting stupid. But in all in all reality, the Bible actually talks about demon possession as a real thing. I feel like a lot of Christians today don't really see demon possession as a real thing. But the more that you talk to people, especially from other countries, who um, see this on a what I would call, or at least from its what it sounds like, a much more frequent basis, um, demon possession is very real, or at least. That's what I would like to present as my. So are yeah. Christians just full of it or is this thing actually like a thing? And that's the question, right? Right. So have has any of you had any personal experiences? Now, I was raised by a mother <laughs> uh, whenever she would get angry. She, I'm pretty sure she was demon possessed. Yeah. Well, I is think she, mom was there. I'm just kidding, mom. I know you listen to this. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, is mom. our number one fan. She is, and I think my mom's our number two fan, so there you go. I think my cousin's number three. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Keith may give, them, give them all a run for their money. <laughs> he may be demon-possessed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, you know, we do have a tendency to, to treat it like it's a jokey thing, right? Even cartoons. You know, cartoons had this, this picture of hell where it's this cartoon thing where Satan's in control of it all. We talked about that a few episodes ago, you know. But... um. You know, the Bible teaches a very different thing, that the, the cartoons are wrong. Shocker. <laughs> no. 
I know, right? I can't believe Warner Brothers got it wrong. Um, but you know the 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 cartoons even you know you have the little angel on one shoulder and a little demon on the other you know and the demon's trying to get you to do wrong and the angel's trying to get you to do good. You know people have this this tendency to really think about demon possession from just they make light of it. But I I think the Bible teaches number one, you know that it's real, and then we have we've seen it before, right? Dean and I at least we've we've. I've seen two instances of it, and though the demon didn't manifest itself, there was a third instance that where I was at a wedding and I was talking to a guy, and he was telling me how he became demon possessed. Whoa! And that's a shocker. We need story time. Yeah. So okay. So I won't tell any names. Um, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but I was at a wedding. Um, I was actually the officiant, and so at this wedding, um, we just got done, you know, having this great time of celebration where these two. Lives become one. You know, we believe it's a miracle um, where where the Lord takes two people and makes them into one flesh and all this stuff, and it's really cool. Um, we get done. We're sitting at the reception, and this guy is sitting to my right, and we're just having this great old conversation, and he's asking me some questions, and all of a sudden, and I really don't remember how we segued into this, he starts telling me about how he sees a an entity. I don't remember exactly the word that he used. But it's this being, he looks gray, he looks like he's ashen all the time, skin's cracked, and in between the cracks it's red. It's almost like, he's like, the what makes me think of it, the way he described it, was like Kylo Ren's helmet where it has like the little glowing red cracks, kind of like that. And he said that, and I'm like, how, how often do you see this entity? And he's like, well, I've seen it several times. And he said, eventually, you know, he said, I see it more and more often. And then the other day, he said, I'm like walking down the street or whatever, and I can just, he's, it's almost like I can see it. It's almost like I had an an out of body experience. He said, "Where I can see it unzip my back from in between my shoulder blades down, and like crawl inside and zip it back up." And I'm like, "Sir," and so we have this conversation about biblically that means that you're demon possessed. And you know, I, from what I remember, I think he said that there are times when he kind of blacks out and he thinks the demon is kind of taking him over. And you know, there are people sitting all around. And I'm just expecting, you know, because of the Bible, I'm just expecting this thing to, like, manifest itself at any point and him to start, you know, foaming at the mouth, you know. Never happened. Um, Honestly, though, we sat there and we talked about it for a while. And I I don't know, we never got to the point where he really, I I don't know if he ever wanted it to come out or didn't want it to come out. But anyway, that was that's what happened there. And so we're just talking about it, and we're like, okay, so what should we do now? And about that time, we got interrupted, and, you know, I, I kept trying to come back to the situation to kind of address it, and we never got to. And I did tell him, I was like, you know, like, he's got my number, and and if you're listening to this and, and you know who you are, you know it's you, and you want that thing out of you and it's still there, give me a call because you was, have my number. Was this like years ago? Was this like? No, I mean, this was, well, this was pre-pandemic. No, this was during the pandemic, so a year or two ago. Well, after that shocker, I'm going to have to go pick my jaw up off the floor. So this is a perfect time for an ad. <laughs> <laughs> and now that was an a terrible <laughs> transition. <laughs> and now an what ad. What do you from mean? <laughs> thought that was good. Now an ad from our sponsor. I mean, that was a great segue. <laughs> I don't know what job talking about. <laughs> so now that we're back, <clears throat> yeah, there you go. That's that was number one. That was one of my experiences with demonic possession 
Um, there was another one. We were in a Chi Alpha service. Uh, Chi Alpha is the ministry that we do, but this was back when we were students. Dean and I were. And, uh, yeah, I'm playing the guitar, and we're just having a hunky-dory time, and all of a sudden this, this girl that uh, we'd known for a while, she hits the floor and starts yelling. And from what I remember, she was kind of writhing on the floor almost like a, like. Yeah, the way that her body was contorted is not one that, like, a, a contortionist could, pro- like, a professional contortionist probably could get in that position. Yeah. But for someone who did not practice that on the daily basis, like, there's, I don't know how her body got in that shape. Yeah, have you ever cut a head off a snake? Yes. I know that's real hillbilly of me, but <laughs> 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 you know how when you cut a head off a snake, the, the, the whole body just like does that weird like thing, you know, and it like moves. It was kind of like that. Um, when I mean, I mean, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and uh, at the end of it, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm playing worship music, and somebody's like, "Ben, don't stop whatever you do." And then our pastor stands up and he says, "Okay," he said, "If you're not saved." Or if you don't feel comfortable in this particular moment, you should leave the room. Because... Been saying it real calmly, but he did not. <laughs> yeah, he did not. But, you know, it, it's because we believe it's that... It's a real thing. You know, the, the demon, when it comes out, could theoretically go into somebody who's not saved. And so, you know, the our pastor's like, you need to leave the room if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel prepared, if you don't feel spiritually strong. You know, and he's looking at all of us on the worship stage going, same thing. You know, he's like, you need to leave if you are not saved or don't feel prepared. So <clears throat> I'm playing my guitar, playing my little heart out. I'm a I'm a two years in saved Christian at this point probably, and um, they they pray for and they command the demon to come out, and it does take some time. It's not one of those things where it happens instantaneously, um, but they do. They pray for. Her. I think they read scripture over, her. and at one point, Dina, do you remember at what point the demon came out of her? Um, it was right after her eyes rolled back into her head. Yeah, and didn't she speak in a kind of a weird language? It was kind of like a groan, like yeah. a deep set oh, groan. Right. Yeah. That was really loud. And then like she laid there and we're like, Oh no, <laughs> she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and eyes roll back in her head, stop moving, stop everything. But yeah, like when she got up, her voice was even a different voice than one we've never heard her like even talk in. Yeah, her na- her we the demon apparently had affected her so much that every time we'd ever heard her talk, it had affected her voice. So when she stood up and started talking to us for the first time after the demon had come out, her voice sounded different. Yeah. Yeah. And then time number three for me, um, I'm at a youth retreat. Yeah, I've seen him more than once. Um, <laughs> I'm at a youth retreat, and uh, uh, I was helping out. I, was, I, was, I wasn't a youth pastor, but I was kind of doing a youth leader kind of thing as I'm preparing for my, my role in Kyoff and stuff. I was helping out with this church over a summer, and uh, we go on this youth retreat, and I'm there, and and we're having the service, and we're actually praying for people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and so, um, you know, there are some kids, you know, laying on the floor praying, whatever. Um, I guess somebody prays for this one girl in particular, and she hits the floor, and we think, oh, she's just really, she just really is, she can hit her knees and pray or whatever, like she feels really deep in prayer or whatnot. Well, no, she uh, manifests a demon. And all of a sudden, she starts hissing like a snake, and and just I mean, all kinds of weird stuff starts coming out of her mouth, and it, and eyes roll back in her head, and then she's kind of looking around. But I would say that that demon wasn't—I don't know—it wasn't as 
I don't feel like it was as powerful as the one that we saw in Chi Alpha because it it didn't affect her as much. Like she wasn't moving in this unnatural way, but she was making some weird noises and she did groan a whole bunch and she did kind of act all funny and stuff. And I mean, it was pretty clear. And I just remember the youth pastor. He looks over and he goes, "Oh no." <laughs> he's like, he's like, "Oh, how do I explain this to her parents?" And so, and so we start, you know, just every over. youth pastor everywhere. It's like. <laughs> How much paperwork? Uh, yeah, this oh, this is gonna be. be so much paperwork. And so, yeah, so we, uh, my job. He looks at me and he says, "Ben, he says I want you to find literally any scripture that you can find that the Lord point out, points out to you, whatever about freedom in Jesus. How you know when demonic spirits are, you know, cast out. Whatever. I want you to read them all. Just read everything. Just pull up your Bible. Just start reading stuff. I'm like, all right. And Ben's like Genesis chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bet. Let's do this thing. So I start reading scriptures, you know, they're praying over all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, yeah, seen him multiple times. So we've been talking about demons, but what are demons, Ben? All right. So what are demons? Demons are fallen angels. Um, the, the, the kind of the quintessential passage on this one comes out of Revelation chapter 12, verses four through five. It's a, it's a, Revelation is a, is a, I'm an apocalyptic book. So you don't just read it like you would a book of history. You kind of have to do a little bit of interpretation. But in Revelation chapter 12, um, personally, I believe that Revelation chapter 12 kind of looks back at, at the point it was written. It looks back in history at the birth of Christ and some things. And so uh, Revelation 12, it starts out with this woman who's in travail, and she's about to give birth to a child and all these things. And then in Revelation 12, 4 through 5, it says, His tail... And it's talking about this dragon there. It's, we believe it's Satan, according to the picture that we see in Scripture. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. Now, this is talking about Jesus. The reason why we say that is because of verse 5. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God. So we see that um, if you look back in history at the birth of Jesus, we see that, that um, when Jesus was born, Herod the Great, is, that was his title. Um, do you know, by the way, that Herod the Great was four foot four? Learn that today. But that's, that's free. That's beside the point. Um, <laughs> Herod the Great, actually, uh, Caesar Augustus, um, he actually said of Herod the Great that it was safer to be Herod's pig than it was to be Herod's child because Herod had a tendency to kill his children. One time he got mad. Well, so one day he got mad, killed his wife. Later, same day, killed two of his kids just because he was mad. Um, Squirrel. Yeah, Herod the Great. Crazy guy. But we believe in this passage that it is referencing that, that when he tries to devour Jesus when he's born, he's actually it's actually talking about Herod the Great because Herod the Great when he found out that the king of the Jews was being born, quote-unquote, from the Magi. Y'all remember the Christmas story, you know, a little bit? The Magi come, and they go to Herod, and they're like, hey, we've seen his star from the east. We came to worship him. Herod, where's the king of the Jews? Well, Herod, coincidentally, by the Romans, is called the king of the Jews. And so he's like, oh, I'm the king of the Jews. I have to kill this child. And so he um, is like, well, you all go worship him, and then you come back and tell me where he's at so I can go worship him too. That's not what Herod the Great was going to do. He's going to kill Jesus. And so we believe that in this passage, it is prophesying that event. But I digress. Back to what we were talking about with demons. We believe that the demons, when it says that a third of the stars of heaven 
that the the that the dragon swept them out of heaven. What we believe is that <clears throat> that Satan led this great rebellion against God, and that a third of the angels um, were um, tricked or not tricked. They were persuaded into joining Satan in his rebellion, and then they were all swept out of heaven. In one of the passages we'll read, Jesus actually talks about how he saw Satan fall from fall like lightning from heaven. Um, and so we believe that they were cast out, and that now they're they're cast out, and they're here. Um, it's it's yeah, they want to take it out on mankind. So, if you want to read a little bit more into that, Revelation twelve six through twelve talks about that. It says, you know, there's a great war in heaven, and that Michael the archangel and his angels fought the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated and they were cast out. So anyway, there you go. Demons, fallen angels. I'm just blown away. I'm still trying to just pick my jaw up off the floor from those <laughs> stories. Yep. Have you ever seen a, a demon manifest itself? It's no, not not that I can think of. I yeah. think I'd remember it. Yeah, you you probably would. Um, so I was actually talking to my Kaiafa students the other day, and we were talking about um, speaking in tongues and how people are so afraid of it. And the reason why most people are afraid of speaking in tongues is because at the moment where you no longer at the moment where you begin to speak a language that you have no earthly clue how to speak, um, you no longer can be wishy-washy. Like, you are 100% confronted with the fact that God is real, and now you have to do something about it. Up until that point, you know, you can almost be like, well, God's real, and I believe it, but there's a sin in my life that I kind of like, and I'm just going to hang on to it. Once you're confronted with the fact that all of the stuff that you read in the Bible is 100% real, like when you see a demon manifest itself, all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, like it makes you a little more intense, right? I think so, in America, too, we're kind of desensitized to a lot of that stuff because if you look at some other countries who are not as exposed to as much media and movies and that sort of thing, like they have a better idea of like the spiritual realm versus than, I guess, like, natural, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, when you talk to missionaries from, like, Africa, for instance, is the one that sticks out. When I talk to some missionaries from Africa, they're like, we see demons manifest themselves all the time, you know. And it, I've, I've heard people talk about it, and it makes sense to me. You know, a lot of people, you don't see demons manifest themselves, it seems like, at least in America, like you do in, like, Africa and, and some places like that. And people say, you know, it's probably because if you confronted people in America with the fact that, demons are real, they would probably go, oh, well, then I should believe this Bible thing. You know, if you confront people who have a a higher respect for, for evil, um, you know, they, they believe in witch doctors and some things, like, they just think this is an evil thing, and they just, it, it doesn't mean that the Bible's real, it just means they've seen evil before, and evil just manifested itself in a different way. Um, and so, the, you know, people talk about how they think that Satan knows that, and so the demons kind of hide themselves a little bit more in America than they do in other countries, kind of thing. So, and you and you said it. <clears throat> this makes you confront the unknown. Yeah, it can. It definitely makes you. It's like a put up or shut up kind of right. thing, you? So, we see Jesus deal with this. Yeah. Right. Over and over and over again. So, Dina, why don't you read for us in Luke chapter eight, the story of Legion? All right, Luke. Chapter 8, 26 through 39. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerizines. <laughs> <laughs> one of the Decapolis, one of the ten cities. <laughs> Which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, 
there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. Wait, wait, pause. So he was naked, living where the tombs of dead people. I was just about to say that. Just imagine coming up off this boat. And then here comes a naked man in front of that A naked, crazy man. Yeah. Naked and afraid. That's it. <laughs> and he, literally. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, and he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerizes (laughs) asked him (laughs) to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Yeah. So when Jesus had stepped out on the land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. <clears throat> major, major, um, um, like, oh, what's the word? I just, it just left me. I literally had it. No. Oh. Um, like. Because a legion is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, no, it's. Is uh, it thousands or hundreds? Uh, it should be, yeah, like a thousand. Yeah. Um, Understatement, like major, major understatement there. There's a man who had demons. Oh, you know, like a thousand, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, and Yeah, so so Jesus, the, and then there was this, this man who had demons. Like, that's a ironic, all right, that Jesus has rolled up off this boat and found a man with a demon, right? No, Dude. That's not ironic. Like, one of the first stories in Matthew is, like, G- Jesus walks into a synagogue, and there's a man there with an unclean spirit. Well, and I think something I don't think we really think about is the king of the universe is Jesus Christ, right? Yep. And, and, and God is coming down to take this form of man and every demon who has been on this earth for 4,000 years prior to this is on notice. Like, they are put on notice. Hey, the the boss is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, beware. Yeah, literally every time they're like, we know you. He's yeah. like, uh, shut up. Just, just imagine me and Legion being like, uh, you just had to pull up on this beach. <laughs> like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, this is my day. I thought I was safe in the in the land where all of the you know Gentiles were, but no. So, for a long time, <clears throat> yeah, for a long time, he had worn no clothes. Okay, so this man was, I mean. Naked. Yeah, he was naked. A little naked there. 
and he had not lived in the house, but among the tombs. So, so and, and I think some people believe it was caves, right? Is that what Could have been, yeah. It yeah. yeah. And so, <clears throat> and when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. So, he fell down before Jesus, mm-hmm. the man with a thousand demons. Mm-hmm. So, even the demons recognized the lordship of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. It, it literally says that they begged him not to torment them. Right. So, yeah, they were... They were begging for their life at this point. So they crawled out and they said, what have you to do with me, Jesus? So, and what I just think it's interesting. They recognize who he is. Oh, yeah. What What do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? You know, um, well, I mean, when Jesus walks up on your beach, you, you're going to recognize who he is. He's, he's not somebody who just blends into the crowd. Yep. He is different. I beg you not to torment me. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting that's an interesting thought right there. I beg you not to torment me. Do, where Sounds do you, like they're already tormented a little bit. Well, where <laughs> where do you see uh, the devil and his angels be tormented? In the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. In Which is in Revelation. Exactly. With the it's, gnashing of teeth. It's Yeah, it's the place where um, it's hell. And again, we talked about this not long ago, but I'm just going to reiterate it just because, you know, repetition is the price of knowledge. Um when we see hell, we always see it as a place that was originally intended for the devil and his angels. However, the devil and his angels. However, people are sent there as well who rebel against God. It's not that they're sent there so that the devil can torture you. The devil's not the king of hell. They are sent there to be tormented just like um, the people are who rebel against God. And so these demons are crying out, please don't send me to hell right now. Please. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, because they were they know their fate. Yeah, and so does the devil. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting. Yeah, for he had commanded unclean spirits to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds. So I mean, okay, first off, chains and shackles. Yep. And this man would not just slip out. Yeah, he would break the chains and the shackles. Yeah, I don't know the last time. And I'm sure that they were like excellent made shackles because i mean if you think about it everyone's like well they don't make them like they used to <laughs> so i mean these would have been forged by a by a blacksmith i mean they would have been pretty rough right know? yeah like yeah even if they were poorly made can you imagine trying to break some metal i mean that's attached to you i can't even get into most ziploc bags <laughs> like <laughs> hey, that's a truth oh i was about to say i like yeah those hasbro uh like Handcuff things like yeah. you, just, you can't get out of those yeah. things. And they're plastic. Yeah. Why right? are you? Wait. Never mind. Anyway. No, we're not going to jump in that <laughs> level. Uh. <laughs> so. <laughs> I thought we was going to go down the Ouija board. Right? Well, no, that's not it. So. Okay. So where were we at? He would break the bonds. And so dr- he. And uh, they were pigs. Yeah. yeah. Be driven by the demons. But in the desert. he would yeah break out the bonds and was driven by demons into the desert. Okay. <clears> so one other thing there. So Jesus has commanded. The legion to come out. I think that's important to notice. And the legion did not come out, even at the command of Jesus, at least not at first. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to notice because you know there are people who are like, like, like the whole concept of demons freak like freak them out. But mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't panic here. He doesn't like. He doesn't run away. You know. <laughs> right. He's not like, oh, they didn't come out. What am I supposed to do now? You know. Jesus just handles the situation. And, and Jesus is just talking to him. Yeah. He's like, so what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. Like, what's, what's your favorite color? No. And he said, and the demon said, legion. 
for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them and to depart them into the abyss. So you're right. Man, that was Hell, good. Yeah, you, thank you, you. You pre-read that. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I'm now, in Luke right now in my daily reading, so I just oh, read this the other boom. day. Yep. <laughs> now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him uh, to let them enter these. Okay, so they begged him. like So they, they're asking permission mm-hmm. to go somewhere. Yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah. So, the, again, they're recognizing his lordship. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about the pigs? What's that? Is this why Jews don't eat bacon? What? Oh, oh that's long. <laughs> <before>. <laughs> just, just joking. That was, a, that was Old Testament law. But anyway. That's a joke. No, <laughs> the pigs, that little area or island, wherever it is, that they're at, um, what, didn't they like raise a certain type of pig that was special for... Like sacrifice to whatever their gods were. I heard a sermon about that once, and I don't know if that's true or not. However, I did hear a sermon, and and the preacher said that. I've never seen anything like documented to back that up, but I have no I have no reason to doubt it either. So yeah. So and that was like their main cash crop, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And so when these pigs all go running off and drowned, these people are like, "Hold up." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus si- simultaneously casts out a demon and destroys their, their form of worship all at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gave them permission, and then, then the demon came out of the men, and they entered the pigs, and then the herd rushed down the steep banks into the lake and drowned. Yeah. I always said whenever they came went off the cliff, they went into a bunch of sound equipment because it never seems to work right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you do see here? What? Deviled ham. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out there now. So done with you. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so the demons come out, enter the pigs, and they rush down the lake. So when the herdsmen saw what happened, they fled and told uh, the city and in the country. Then people went out and to see what happened, and they came down to Jesus and found that man. So I'm just saying, you you've known this man who's been shackled up. He's been. You know, they've been having to chain him up for years now. It's like, oh, there's crazy Larry going out. He's running naked down the hillside again. (laughs) Well, but, okay, (laughs) we make light of that, but think about it for just a minute. Um, You, okay, there's another, in one of the other gospel accounts, it says that he would cry out day and night in the tombs and cut himself with stones. If you think about this dude who is crying out and he's demon-possessed, and he's probably pretty violent, I mean, he's breaking shackles and stuff, Think about your house as a Jewish person back in the day. You didn't have locks on your house, probably. Not like we have locks. You didn't have secure dwelling places, more than likely. You probably were scared to death that this man was going to come into your house at any point and eat your children or something crazy like that. I mean, we make light of it, but think about it. Like, this isn't just crazy Larry who talks to himself every once in a while. This (laughs) is like... And I feel like, for the most part, in every community, there's that one person that everybody knows a little different than everybody else but, but this, just imagine it like a thousand times worse yeah i mean this person's so violent and yeah. in our day and age we would arrest them shoot them something they literally could do nothing about this man like yeah they shackled him down with like probably the best shackles that they had yeah nothing and he just like broke out yeah so this isn't on the plan but this is a good question i just thought of it go for it so how do you think this man got to this state? That is a good question. Thanks. I've been working really hard on it. Well, and if the community that he was living in didn't believe in Jesus or 
Christianity. If they, if they weren't a yeah, yeah a Jewish like, yeah yeah that's where I was going with that. Yeah, if they were a Gentile <laughs> group of people. <laughs> yeah, if they were a Gentile group of people, there and and they are they are in you know open worship of this false god, right? Who who the the Bible really teaches that if you don't worship the one true God, you are worshiping Satan. Yep. And you know, demons' number one thing is they want to look like the light, and or show off how powerful they are, yeah. or you know, and oh, if you let us, you know, come in, you could be this great and powerful man that can break all these shackles and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, who knows? However, it, everybody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the point of this one. I mean, right? Everybody from, from the over. city to the country. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. They're like, wow, well, you, you crazy lawyer's not crazy anymore. Yeah. And they are, and it says they are afraid. Yeah. So they have lived with this dude who has scared them so long that the person who fixes it is more scary than the dude who scared the heck out of them. Like, that's that's something. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And I mean, I just think it's quite amazing. And like, there was such a great crowd that even Jesus had to get into his boat. And well, they asked him to leave. Right. They're like, hey. <laughs> we don't want you here anymore. <laughs> You're too powerful for us. What? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, just imagine somebody doing something so miraculous, and you're like, uh, can you go next door? <laughs> 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 like, Could you leave me now? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I'd be a little freaked out, don't get me wrong, but... And I do think, I think that and we talked about this already, that when, when this whole demonic thing happens, you are confronted with the fact that God is real. What are you going to do about it? Now, granted, it's, so it's like it's like somebody believing in a different God coming in here doing something freaky, right? And yeah. we would call it demon, you know, that person's demon-possessed, you know? but Maybe or maybe not. But I'm just saying, so it's just like, it's kind of their same thought. They believed in a different God. This person comes over here doing some weirdo stuff, cured Crazy Larry, and... All of his a thousand friends and killed my cash crop. (laughs) And yeah, so I mean, I see their point. I'm just saying. But seriously, they are confronted with the fact that God is real or that there is a power outside of what they've known for the first time ever. And now they have to do something with it. It, it's the exact same thing that the nation of Israel had back in the day when, you know, the whole Ten Commandment thing happened and God, you know, comes down on a mountain and, and Moses goes up and, you know, all this stuff and God speaks to them from the mountain. The, the nation of Israel is confronted with the fact that God is real. And all of a sudden, they're like, what do we do with this? And it's funny that the nation of Israel in that story has the exact same reaction. God, please don't speak to us anymore, but we'll send Moses. And <laughs> he could talk to you, and then he can come down and relay the information because you are too scary. Right. So last week, we we talked about this. Uh, witches are with their own bumper stickers. They're on TikTok, YouTube. They even have a podcast called The Altar Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, so, do. Th- they do. I mean, it's kind of scary. Um, but so they're, they're making themselves public. Well, like demons are just as, just as much public, at, you know, in the sense of like they're everywhere. Then we, we hear people talking about demon possession and it's getting more prominent today. Just we hear pastors talking about it, but we also hear quote unquote like pagans <laughs> t- talking about it like de- just demons and you have satanists who can summon demons and that's getting pretty big in, on the internet now um and then like you know that they can summon a demon to come do whatever they need to do yeah 
Um, that's big on the internet. And so what do we do when we are faced with this demonic presence? Mm, that's a good question. So number one, I think Jesus was the great example of this, right? Jesus is the one who models for us how we should react. Do you see Jesus panic in the story that we just read in Luke chapter 8? 100% no. So no. Don't, don't panic, number one. Number two, there are some other things, I guess, that we should probably, before I just start spouting off, number one, you should do this. Number two, you should do that. <laughs> Step one. Here's the five-point plan. <laughs> yeah. I guess we should probably look at some scripture to see what the Bible says because, you know, we are the Altar Podcast. Um, we should probably look at some of that. And then remind me to go back and tell you some Chi Alpha stories because I've been listening to some, just some Chi Alpha sermons. And it's just, it's, it was from uh, CMC, the Collegiate Missionary Conference. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a bunch of Chi Alpha people who get together and, and in the sermons that they have, they just told some stories. And so anyway, we'll talk about those here in a minute. But what do we see in Scripture? Well, what do we do if confronted by a demon? Number one, Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. So, the story of the legion happens in Luke chapter 8. By the time we get to Luke chapter 10, Jesus is sending out his disciples to go do the very same things he's been doing. It says he gives them power over unclean spirits, demons. Um, it says they have the power to heal, all this stuff, right? When they come back from their time where Jesus tells them to go out and start doing the same things he's been doing, it says the 72, so there's 72 of his disciples at this point, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Wow. And he said to them, I, f I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. So does this mean I should be able to handle snakes and scorpions? Well, that's a good question. So I actually really like this passage because there are lots of people out there who think that they should handle serpents as a part of their worship service. If you look at Mark 16, and this is, this is kind of the basis of that. Uh, Mark 16, 15 through 18, he, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Now, a lot of people look at that passage and they go, oh, that means I should pick up serpents in my worship services. And I actually don't think that's what that means. I actually think that means that there are going to be times when demonic things are going to attack you. That you're going to be, it, it says that you're going to cast out demons, and then it also says that you're going to, uh, da, 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 they will <laughs> cast out demons. <laughs> Sing. <laughs> They'll speak in new tongues. They will, yeah, it says they will pick up serpents with their hands. Um, there's a way that you could translate that too, where, it, you know, like, and, and one of the other biblical translations says that they will handle serpents. I don't think, though, that it's actually talking about, I'm going to pick up snakes. I actually think what it's talking about is that evil is going to be prevalent. And as you cast out demons and things, you're going to have to get your hands dirty, but that these things won't harm you. You know what's funny? Is there's snake handler churches. Uh, there are. But no, you don't really hear about poison drinking churches. Oh, <laughs> you do, actually. Oh, 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 are you serious? Well, there's plenty of them, yeah. Well, I didn't figure they wouldn't be allowed a lot to of them. A lot of them drink strychnine and handle snakes. Yeah. 
And for those of you who don't live near Eastern Kentucky, you're probably going, "What? There's not such a thing as this." There's, but what's there's, the there's plenty of them all over America, though. I know, but us. like, isn't there a larger concentration in mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky in, and Ap- like in the Appalachian yeah. region? In well, particular. I mean, I'm just gonna say, like, their moonshine pretty much kills everything. <laughs> <laughs> there was a um, there was a show on that used to be on TV, and I can't remember what it was called, Snake Man of Appalachia or something like that. And actually, the the one dude who drank strychnine, now he actually did end up dying. Um, I don't know if it was from a snake bite or from the poison or what, but he did actually end up dying. Um, but he was from, I think, Georgia. But again, Appalachian region, which is where the Appalachian Appalachian Mountains are. Yeah. What's you know, the statistic that they gave at one point about how many snake hailing churches there were? Oh, they used to say that one in every. Eight. I think it was every eight. Um, okay. in, in Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Is a snake handling church. Okay. Well, that was like 2015. Gotcha. Yeah. But that's like Eastern Kentucky. Still, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of hollers. One and eight. <laughs> well, there you go. So Matthew 17. So, yeah. So, um, Matthew 17. Well, okay. Let me go back for just a oh, second before we go there. Matthew 16. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so in Luke 10, um, you know, Luke 10, Jesus gives them the authority over. It says, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Mark 16, I think, takes that one step further. Because some people want to say that, oh, well, that was just for the apostles or the, you know, back in the day. But that's actually not the case. Mark 16 is a command to all believers moving forward, go and proclaim the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. All these signs will accompany those who believe. So, yeah, so again, whoever believes, um, I think the Lord extends that out to those of us today, not just his apostles back in the day, but to any believer now, we're supposed to do the same things. We're supposed to go into all the world, proclaim the gospel, and these signs will accompany us. So, Now, you're talking about Matthew 17. Matthew 17, we see another instance of Jesus encountering a demon-possessed person. Um, and this is another one of those where Jesus commands it to come out, and it, it there's, oh, actually, no, I'm, let me take that back. Jesus commands it to come out, and it comes out. Um, but this one, the uh, the disciples command the thing to come out, and it doesn't. So this is, um, yeah, let's just read it. So this happens after the, the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus shows that off that he's actually God. Um, and, and when they come down from that mountain, this story happens. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. Often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So in this case, they try to cast it out, and they come to Jesus because they can't after Jesus has already cast the thing out. And he says, it's because of your little faith. Now, this same story happens in Mark chapter 9. Jesus actually gives a different reason in Mark chapter 9 than he does here. Now, before you get all bent out of shape, listeners, um, there's nothing wrong with the Bible that actually, if you look at crime scene investigators, for instance, if everybody tells the exact same story about an event, it is actually a red flag for crime scene investigators because 
if you hear the exact same story, it means that everybody got together ahead of time and made it up. If you see where everybody has slightly different versions of the same event, it is actually a, um, a way for you to know that the event is true. So don't panic anybody. Just because the, the Bible records the same event in two different ways doesn't mean that there's a problem here. And so Mark chapter 9, same thing happens. And in verse 29, Jesus says, So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer. And if you look at some of the, some of the other manuscripts, like King James, New King James, ads, and fasting. My ESV Bible has a footnote in there that says some manuscripts add and fasting, you know. So anyway, but this kind only comes out by prayer or prayer and fasting, either one. So question. Yes. Then this is a very hot topic. Sure. And this is very de- highly debatable, and people like Pastor- you're going to ask me about the King James Bible, aren't you? No. Oh, okay. Uh, but people like Pastor Greg Locke and all these other uh, kind of Pentecostal pastors have been under fire recently for preaching on this, and I think that they uh, don't mean exactly what they're saying but okay. they use this verse in the sense of like people having seizures and stuff talking about oh, demon talking about demon possession yeah so i think it's to be clear not everyone who has seizures or is sick in some way or demon possessed i don't yeah. think that's what the bible's and, saying here and i think yeah, it's no. very you need to be very careful too about uh certain mental Ill- illnesses not saying like oh they're demon possessed when they're not yeah. now i do think some of these people have a point and saying that we don't, just like we talked at the beginning of this podcast, we don't recognize demon possession um, at all in this country. And I think some people have their symptoms masked by medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why the, the, the demons done exactly what they wanted. They got mm-hmm. this pe- person to be useless. Yeah. But I think it's not fair at all to say people with seizures or autism or whatever yeah. are demon possessed. I think that's ludicrous. I don't think that's fair either. Yeah, so. um, I, don't, I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. No. Now, here's what I do think the Bible teaches. I think the Bible teaches that God has the power over all of that. Mm-hmm. But I will say, people, and I could get in trouble for this one, I don't care. I actually think um, that God made us all very specifically for his purposes. Mm-hmm. And I think that people with autism have a very specific purpose in the kingdom of God, just like I have a very specific purpose in the kingdom. Of, you know, like, I don't think that there's, like, a problem with somebody who has autism. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, oh, we need to pray for them to get healed. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, is there an issue with the fact that they process the world differently or what? Like, I don't get it. I just don't understand why you can't go, oh, that person has just as much, like, value and purpose in the kingdom of God as anyone else does, right. you know? So anyway. No, and I think that I just think that it that shows people's ignorance. Yeah. Um, when they're like, Oh, all these people have <laughs> that chair is driving me nuts. <laughs> um in, in case you can't hear that on the recording, we have a squeaky chair that Dina sits in and every time she moves, Hunter's like, Adam <laughs> Again, you made me move. <laughs> that chair is demon Sorry. possessed. <laughs> It still lives in your house. That's yeah. your problem. Again, we shouldn't make light of the fact that demon possession is very real. And anyway, continue. <laughs> that's Ben's. Let's edit this ES, out. That's Ben's ESV footnote. Yes. <laughs> so no, I think it's just absolutely ludicrous that people say those things um, about seizures, autism, whatever. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. But I think that there is some small bit of truth to to that. Just like you can pull truth out of anything. Could a demon cause that? Could sure. a demon cause seizures and stuff? Sure. Yes. It's interesting. As we though, see it here. 
it, well, and in this particular instance, it also casts him into fire and water, tries to kill the, the child over and over and over right. again. Um, you know, there could be a little bit of something different, but I, it all falls back to if, like, if you read the book of Mark, there are, I believe, there's at least three different blind people that are healed, mm-hmm. and in every instance, Jesus does something different for every person. Right. To, that leads to their healing. In one case, he like spits in the dirt and makes mud and rubs it on their eyes. Right. You know, what we need to do is we need to listen to the Holy Spirit more than we need to just jump to conclusions. Right. right? And that's why I think prayer and fasting, uh, there is power in fasting. So, I, I mean, I don't think adding it here is, is yeah, harmful. I don't think it's an issue. Um, <clears throat> but I think this, yes, yeah, so I, I think prayer and fasting has its point. Listen to your doctor, take them to the church, let them pray for them over all these things, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then let the Holy Spirit guide you all through prayer and fasting to mm-hmm. do that way. But, um, at the, yeah, just it just drives me nuts. I, I've heard that that's been a big thing recently um, mm-hmm. that's yeah. gone around the internet and has blown up on Twitter. Yeah. Um, multiple pastors have come out saying that. I just yeah. thought it was ironic you put that scripture in there. Yeah, that's, well, what, I, they, that's I, what they've been using. And I totally didn't know that that was even a thing. So, oh, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm more connected than you are. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, back to kind of some of that, though, too. When you look at it, Jesus is able to cast out this this demon like with no issues. He just and it happens, and the disciples couldn't do it. And so when they come to Jesus, they've seen demons. They they've participated in the fact that demons were cast out. They come back to Jesus right before this, and they're like, "Hey, the demons even answer to us, you know, and whatever." And Jesus says, in one instance, he says, it's because of your little faith. Well, you would have thought that they would have believed. So why is that an issue? Right, because you just well, said that. All throughout the, like, if you listen to, like, the disciples, they're always continually like, wow. Yeah, like, they are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you just said that when it comes to, like, you seeing somebody getting a demon cast out of them. That's a put up or shut up moment in your faith. Yeah. So that's, right? So how, they, how do they have a little faith? So, yeah. So what happens there? And. If you look at the Mark thing, you don't see Jesus drop down and start praying. And, and I mean, maybe Jesus was fasting at this particular moment, but we don't know that. So what's the, what's the point here? I think the point is you have to be prepared, number one, beforehand. You should be prayed up, fasted up, whatever, every day, because you never know what you're going to encounter as a Christian. And if the Lord calls you to do something, you better be ready. Number two, I kind of wonder, and I don't know, but I kind of wonder if the disciples, now that they've started doing the same things that Jesus did, they've been healing people, they've been casting demons out of people, and they've been preaching to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Kind of makes me wonder if they haven't kind of given into the celebrity status of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus did it, and people are flocking to Jesus. We see that all throughout the Gospels. Well, now the disciples are doing it, and people are probably flocking to the disciples. It even says, in this case, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures. Verse 16, I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if they haven't given into this idea that they're celebrities, and they commanded this demon to come out, and it didn't come out. And all of a sudden, their faith goes, oh, no. You know how another point uh, that I'm, I know the Gospels are historically accurate? How's that? Is because the writers make themselves look like garbage. Oh, yeah, you would never, if you were making this stuff up, you'd never make yourself look like this. Yeah. Matthew wouldn't, and Mark would not have wrote down... <laughs> And we failed. Yeah. <laughs> Miserably. And and Jesus called us out on it and said we didn't have enough faith. Like, right. seriously. Yeah, they they, no. they would not. If I was writing a story, I'd have been like, and I kicked that demon's eye. Ain't that the truth? So. Yeah. I, if I was Peter, I would never have allowed anybody to write about the fact that I denied Jesus. You right. know. 
So I, that, that's a proof in itself to yeah, me. Absolutely. And so what do we see about demonic possession? Let's talk about a few practical pieces of advice. Well, number one, I believe, and this is it, the Bible does not say this. This is just my personal conviction. But I really think that demonic possession, I think the reason why demons do the things that they do when they come to the like the forefront, when they manifest themselves, so to speak, the reason why I think sometimes they act crazy is so that you'll be afraid and leave them alone. When you see the demon talk to Jesus, he says, please don't cast me into the abyss. I think demons are so afraid of the fact that they're going to go to hell soon enough that they will do anything to keep from going there. And so when a demon acts crazy like it does, or when a demon hides itself inside of somebody and never tries to like come out because it's afraid of what, like, I really think that it's afraid. Well, when you have fear, you have doubt. Yeah. And so I think oh, that's, that's also, yeah. And I think that, I mean, again, <laughs> it's yeah. my, one of my favorite things to say. What does the Bible say over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. is to do not fear and do not be anxious. Preach. Ain't that the truth? And so I, th- and I think that that is part of that last story that we read is I think the, the disciples got afraid because they commanded the thing to come out and it didn't. And they immediately panicked and lost all their faith. And I mean, I even have to remind myself of that sometimes, like when I start to give in to fear or, or something like that, or I hear a bump in the middle of the night and I'm like, <gasps> oh no, yeah. you know, and I'm like, well, I mean, within reason. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to get the gun and go check out the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he will. I've been well, there. <laughs> if, are you or am I going to go get the gun and go check it out? <laughs> it, it depends on if I wake up enough or not. I do <laughs> sleep like the dead. Well, and I think that takes, and what I like about the do not fear, do not be anxious, I think it takes it into every practical part of your life. Absolutely. If you go from spiritual warfare to financial issues to marital problems mm-hmm. to having children to whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, my car just exploded on Tuesday and so I'm sitting here and I am the freakiest like I I freak out if we have to spend $2 more than our budget says mm-hmm. even if we have uh, have or much more mm-hmm. um, that could be spent and so like I'm calling Jess like every 3 minutes at the car dealership so like what is it going to be all right? Is it going to be all right? And I get home, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. She's trying to sleep. I'm like, so are we going to be all right? Are we going to be all right? <laughs> She's like, we've done the budget 43,000 times. We'll be fine. And I'm like, but are we going to be all right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but that, that's where the, 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 I think that starts to creep in, you know, and I think that's where you have to start reminding yourself, you know, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Don't yeah. be afraid, you know. Yeah. And I think that, and that's in the practical side and then the spiritual warfare side, you know, you have to be you have to be standfast in what the word says, mm-hmm. and be standfast in who you know who God is. Yep. So. Yep. He does not change. Yep. He does not change, and he is the one that's in control over all things. And so I I believe that we should not fear. Number two. Number two. If you aren't a Christian, now this is my kind of disclaimer. If you're not a Christian, or if you're one of those Christians who goes to church on Easter and Christmas, Christers, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> And never reads their Bible and never prays. If a demon manifests itself in front of you, you should probably leave. You're like skedaddle. What are you talking about, Ben? Well, the reason why, if you look at okay, for instance, the seven sons of Ski. I think there were seven of them. Sons of Skeva, in Acts chapter nineteen, eleven through twenty, they're these Jewish exorcists, and and the Bible makes it clear that they are not believers in Jesus. However, they are Jewish exorcists, and so they start using the name of Jesus because it seems to work. And they've seen other people that have used the name of Jesus, and the demons just come out. And so they try to use the name of Jesus on this demon, and the, and the demon is like, okay, I know about Jesus. 
I've heard about Paul that you're talking about because they say, um, I adjure you in Jesus' name, the one whom Paul preaches. They're like, we know about Paul. We know about Jesus. We don't know who you are. And it actually says that the demon attacks them and I think strips them naked, if I'm not mistaken, and makes them like, like beats them up and they run away. Because they know more about Jesus than yeah. they do. Well, that's, that's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic that the demon knows more about Jesus than these people do who, you know. And that is a good point, by the way. Man, Dina's full of good points. She's today. killing it See? tonight. Yeah. We should listen to her more often. Ghostbuster. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, but uh, that's a good point, by the way, that that the demon knows more about Jesus. I don't argue some Christians do. Uh, we I talk a lot about um, the fact that you can know the Bible all day long, but if you don't apply it to your life, you have demonic faith. Um, Pastor Chris talks about that all the time. You have demonic faith if you just know about God but never do anything about it. The sons of Sceva were in the same boat. They knew apparently something. They knew that the name of Jesus was powerful and effective, but at the same time, they had no personal relationship with Christ. I um, We were talking about, I was listening to the sermons from CMC, the, the missionary conference, and I'm listening to E. Scott Martin. E. Scott Martin is the... Um, He's the head of Chi Alpha internationally. He's he's the guy. He's the cheese. Um, I love E. Scott Martin. He came back in the day when we were students. Um, our campus pastor had him come and talk to us when he was a campus pastor. And, man, I mean, I, I just love E. Scott Martin. always have. Um, never knew he was going to be the head of national, international Chi Alpha. But he was telling the story about when he was a campus pastor one time. And he said he was actually on a youth retreat. So maybe he was a youth leader. I don't know. But whatever happened. They're on this youth retreat, and they this kid manifests a demon on youth retreat, kind of like what I saw. And um, this youth pastor, he stands up, and he's like, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. And the devil looks at, or I'm sorry, the demon that's in this child looks at this youth pastor and goes, you have no power to cast me out. You, you can't even stop masturbating. And he said, E. Scott Martin said the look on that man's face just dropped. And in a, it was, I mean, Obviously, like, it just seemed like the thing was true, you know, but if you're not ready, if there's this, there, it, it goes to show you, number one, that there's no secret sin in your life. But number two, if you're not ready, if, if you have this thing in you, that this sin that you're just living out and you just think it's fine, well, it's all well and good until you have to go play in the demonic realm, right? Until something manifests itself in front of you, and then all of a sudden, it's not so okay anymore. That quote was life-changing for me just because of, of just the idea that, you know, like, it goes to show that even the smallest of sins, little white lie that we tell, you know, somebody says, hey, how's the food that I fixed? And you're like, it was great, when actually it tasted like burnt rubber. <laughs> you know, the the smallest of things can have such major consequences. Um, and so, yeah, if you're not prepared as a Christian, you probably shouldn't put your hat in the ring. And it's okay. They can hurt you if you're unprepared. Um, if you're not a Christian at all, whatever. And so if something like that happens, I don't recommend you stay around. I recommend you leave the situation. Um, number three, as a Christian, I do believe that Jesus has given us the authority. And so I think that you can't command the demon to come out. Should we hunt down demons? I don't think it works that way. I really don't. I think that, you know. So we're not Ghostbusters. We're not Ghostbusters, no. Um, you see those demon hunters on TV sometimes. Uh, we were actually watching a thing about Bigfoot 
um, with Dina's dad, and there was a demon hunter that came on there. And it was super interesting because they were they they likened Bigfoot to this demonic, and they were like, yeah, there's this demonic entity that was here, and they used to like burn people to stake or something. Anyway, whatever. The point was, they did like this ritual, and and the anyway, but they made it look very like Christians are wizards, and they have to come and burn this incense and and cast the demon out and do this ritual and all this stuff. And at the end of it. You know, the spirit of Bigfoot came back and burned down their cabin. It was it was dumb. The whole thing was dumb. Wow. Yeah. But, no, I don't think we should hunt him down. And, number, and really, I don't think it works that way. I really don't. I think, I think a demon could hide from you, and you would never know it. But the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you, as you're walking around, could go, this is demonic, and you need mm-hmm. to know this. And this is the time when you work. Because if the Holy Spirit doesn't command you to do something, I don't think you should do it. So you have authority. Mm-hmm. You have authority to cast demons out. I think so. But we shouldn't go chasing after them. I don't and you should only do it if the Holy Spirit commands you to do it. I really think so. I think that's where discernment really comes in, too. Yeah. You were talking about that biblical passage about when demons come out and stuff. Do you? Well, that's, I don't, this was earlier. I remember if it Jude. was pre-recording. Yeah, it wasn't Jude. That's okay. She said it. No, it was. <laughs> no, it's it's in Matthew, but it, it talks about how when a when a demon comes out of, um, when when a demon comes out of a person, it goes through dry places looking for you know I think. So as we were talking about, as Dina, as you were talking about earlier with the whole thing where like the demon goes and gets its friends. Yeah, um, that's in Matthew twelve forty three through forty five. Um, do you want me to read that? Or? If you want to. Okay. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, sinking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So, I don't think you should necessarily cast out the demon if the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you to do so. Because, let's just play the game, for instance, of what this says. What if the person isn't a believer in Jesus and has no intention to come to faith in Christ? You cast out the demon, and what happens? It goes and gets seven of its friends that are more evil than itself, and they come back, and that person is worse off than they would have been if you would have just left them alone. Why would you go hunt that down and make somebody worse off than if you would have just left them alone? I'm probably gonna catch a whole bunch of flack for that one, but actually, well, no, like they need to be—they need to know who Jesus is so that they can prepare themselves for, I don't know, spiritual attack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Kennedy and I were talking about that um, off air the last when he was here in the last couple episodes, and I wish, so wish that I had gotten him on tape talking about that too because he was actually the first person to kind of talk me talk to me about that. And I never thought about it like that before. So, yeah, you shouldn't go hunt him down. He actually, um, he'll ask the person sometimes, like, if they're demon-possessed because he's seen several on the streets. Um, and he was telling me, he's like, I'll ask the person, do you want me to cast this thing out? Because if they have no intention to believe in Jesus, I should probably just leave them alone. You know? It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I just, I asked that question because some people will live for the thrill. Well, yes, yeah, some people do. And make TV shows and go hunt Bigfoot and stuff. <laughs> but I, I just think that in all things, discernment. Yeah. It's like at uh, 
a wedding we was just at. You know, this isn't about demon possession, <laughs> but you know, there's a guy sitting behind us and been just praise for the guy. I mean, this is all about when the Holy Spirit moves into your brain and into your heart. You do things that just so if there was there if there was somebody demon possessed there and it told Ben, hey, do this, and Ben would have went and done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Holy Spirit told me to do it, I'd be like, hey, Ben, the Holy Spirit told me to do this, so go do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just you, kidding. Will you go pray for that guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, because the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to do it. Ben would be like, no, go, big wuss. <laughs> but I just wanted to make that a point. Yep. So yep. moving on. Number four. If the demon gets violent, you can ask God to send the angels to help you out. I was, you have a story. I do have a story about this one. Yeah, so again, E. Scott Martin, listen to this sermon. If you want to find them, by the way, go to the Chi Alpha YouTube page, click on the CMC little playlist, and listen to E. Scott Martin's sermon. It is fire, and it talks about all kinds of stuff like this. He was saying when he was first in ministry, he's a brand-new missionary, he's Chi Alpha missionary, he's preaching at this church, and he got the chance to go back to his hometown church to preach a sermon. He's so excited. He gets there. His dad's there. He's... He's preaching. Nothing's really happening. He said, actually, before he um, got up to preach the sermon, before the service had started, there was a guy who came up to him and said, yeah, I think I think the guy's name was Billy. I don't remember. He goes, yeah, you should have been here last week because Billy was dancing the Pentecostal shuffle, basically like, you know, he was filling the service and he was dancing around or whatever. Well, that week that he's preaching, E. Scott Martin gets up there and he's like, I'm already feeling kind of weird because he's like, people already have this preconceived notion that I'm going to fail basically is what it feels like. He's like, and I'm getting up there and I'm preaching and nobody's doing a thing. There's no Pentecostal jigs happening in the aisles. He said, people are just kind of watching me with that blank stare on their face. He said, all of a sudden I hear my dad scream out from the back of the, the church, Scott. And he said, he goes running back there to see what's going on. And Billy, the dude who had the Pentecostal jig the week before has manifested a demon. And this sucker is violent and it is strong. And he said it's like his dad is like hiding behind something. I don't. I didn't really understand what he's talking about in that particular part. But he's hiding behind this big wooden thing. And this demon grabs this big wooden thing, and he's like shaking it and like messing with his dad. This demon was super violent. And so he said right there, he said, I have no theology to back myself up in this particular moment. He said, I had no clue what to do. He said, I was scared out of my mind. And he said, it just felt like I, he just, I just knew in my heart it was like God spoke to me and said, you need to ask the angels to hold this thing down for you. And he said, I did. And he said, it was literally like I could see, he, he was like, it was like I could see the man just be picked up and body slammed to the ground, basically. He said, it was almost even like you could see the hands holding this man's arms down. And so he said, I tried to lay my hands on the man's head. And uh, he said, when I did, he said, the guy's biting at me, like trying to bite my hands or whatever. And so he's like, it worked the first time. So he's like, Angels, would you hold the man's head down too? And he said, all of a sudden, the man's head, you know, like it was, it was like it was like a supernatural force was holding this this guy down. Um, I say all that to say I don't have a biblical backup for that. I just know that God will help us out in our time of need. And so, number five, kind of goes along the same line. We you know we see in Scripture that you know Jesus commands, for instance, the legion to come out, and it doesn't happen. Um, but I believe that you can ask God for help. And what I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I think this is the point of the whole thing, God is supreme over all things. Everything. You see a demon manifest itself in front of you, God is supreme over that thing. And so, what should you do in that moment? If nothing else, at all times, 
you should believe in God and let him work it out. And he will take care of you. And he will show you what to do. And if you're not close to God, you should be. If for no other reason than what happens if? No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, you should be close to God at all times. Christian, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we've talked about this on plenty of our episodes, there is no more important thing than having a relationship with Jesus. Not just in case a demon pops out and manifests itself, but because as Christians we call ourselves by the name of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are supposed to be little Christ. We're supposed to be ones who act just like Jesus acted, who walk just as Jesus walked, who love people like Jesus loved. If we're going to be that kind of person in the world, we have to be close to Jesus. We have to read his word and pray and seek his face and do all the things that it requires to make him first in our life. And if not, there's a problem, regardless of demon possession or not. So we don't hunt them out. We don't hunt them out. And... We let the Holy Spirit lead us, and whatever the Holy Spirit says, that's what we should do. So that means no Ouija boards? A hundred percent no Ouija boards. Ouija boards are the dumbest things I have ever seen in my life, and I do think that there's some spiritual thing there. So they're real. You think they work? I think that you are inviting your, you are opening yourself to demonic attack. Is that really what you want in your life? Hasbro sells them. They do, and they're not a toy in my opinion. But then again, I don't think that the Ouija board itself has any power. I think the real Ouija board that uh, Hasbro makes is Monopoly. The Monopoly <laughs> board. Especially if Dina plays it. I mean. <laughs> I can't help it that you're terrible. But Monopoly <laughs> Monopoly did almost break us up in the early days of our relationship. Just no, saying. that was the game of life. No, that was Monopoly. Remember? Dang, we're playing how many Monopoly? times do y'all about break up over board games? <laughs> More than we should count, actually. <laughs> it's because Ben gets upset. I'm not the one who's upset. Stupid Hasbro. Uh, We're no. boycotting Hasbro. That's what we should podcast. do. Actually, what happens is Dina's really competitive, and so am I. Listen, I do not fear, and I am not anxious. I'm very confident. She's in very gameplay. confident in her gameplay. <laughs> and she also trash talks, but it's really subtle. And by the time you get done, you're so frustrated. You're just like, I hate this game. When Dina's been trash talking you the whole time, you don't realize it till it's too late. So no Ouija boards. Uh, it's, I and know. There's no point. But I just can't. We'll probably talk about that a little more on the next episode too. Maybe. I just can't believe Hasbro would make such a thing. Yeah, that they was they were like, this is going to be great to make money. We should do this. We should. We should. Twenty one ninety nine. Twenty one ninety nine. We should Amazon. sell people the ability to have demon oppression in their households. Congratulations. You know what? You're done. Every, we're just we're feeling the need, man. Everybody wants a nice demon uh, oppression. <laughs> Hunter, as you say. We don't need stupid cheat. <laughs> if you buy a Ouija board, I'm sorry, but you have put yourself in the category of stupid cheat. You can buy that shirt. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hasbro.com. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, if you look at even some of these Halloween decorations that they have out, it's like, ugh, like who would want that in their house yeah. outside? I don't know. I was just reading an article from somebody who was a part of the study yeah. from Hasbro on the Ouija board, yeah. and it said it's not, it's not the pressed cardboard that you buy in the box. It's actually that... The study shows the with inside of you, it's just allowing the demon or, or spirit that they said to interact with you. You're opening yourself up to You're that. You're allowing the devil to have authority in your life. Right. How dumb is that? I mean, yeah, it's like we talked about with the scary movies and stuff. Why would you yep. want to just open this? If, if, that, if there were demons and stuff, like attach that. I talked to you about that before. I think it was on the phone. Yeah. Um, if there can be things, evil spirits and stuff connected to those things, why would you open that in your house with mm-hmm. your children? Mm-hmm. And if you're 12 listening to this, don't do stupid stuff. Yep. 
Don't like that. Use your twenty one ninety nine to do buy bubble gum. I like yeah, it. right. Because <laughs> inflation. Use that twenty one ninety nine hunter to buy something Christmassy from this Christmas catalog Stop that it. I see sitting Stop here it. on your kitchen table. I'm so proud of you, Hunter. In September. Yeah. Stop it. That's what we're <laughs> That's my wife's. <laughs> it is so uh-huh. on your kitchen table. Well, we hear you. However, it is on your kitchen table. And you can tell from the edge that it's been looked through. You love Christmas, don't lie. I do like Christmas. See, Christmas, birth of our Savior. We mm. love Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back what? to the point. Back to the point. At the end of the day, don't be stupid cheap. Don't play with Ouija boards. That's my thing. The end. <laughs> oh, but I'm going to steal it for this so, one. So, and I think I think what I take away from all this last 10% is that Jesus is the authorita- authoritative figure of the universe. Even, yes. Even the evil spirits that whenever he came stepping foot on this earth, they were like they were put on notice, and he he they he just like went and they were just around and it's like he didn't go seeking them out. They just was like if it, I mean, if he was in the vicinity, they were like, hey, please don't do anything to me. Yep. And I think that's it's like a robber getting nervous when the cops around. Like yep. he, the cop wasn't looking for you, man. You just <laughs> you just paranoid. That's true. Um, so I think that is the big thing that I like to take away from this is that Jesus is the authoritative holder of the universe. Hey, and I have Jesus in my heart. So what does that mean? Hmm. That's right. You know, it is funny, too, in, in the book of Acts, just to tie that back into the Bible. There are actually, <clears throat> there's this this uh, fortune teller girl in the book of Acts that chases down the disciples. I think it's John and Peter, I believe. They're walking around. So it's John and somebody. But anyway, they actually, he, she chases down the disciples and she's like, these are servants of the Most High God. It may not be John. No, no. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She chases down two of the disciples. I can't remember who they are. And she's like, these are servants of the Most High God. And they aggravate the disciple, these two guys so much that they finally turn around and are like, demon, come out. And then they're like, crap. And as soon as they do that, they ruin this guy's way to make money because she was using the demon inside of her as a fortune teller, like so that she could be a fortune teller. And so they ruin this guy's way to make money, and then he goes and gets the city in an uproar, and they drive the two disciples out of the city. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't just get mad and cast out a demon. Anyway, all right, done. done Dina, done. What, what do you take away from this episode? I mean, for me, like, I kind of think about just not going and Seeking out the spooky, <laughs> right. unless you're able to handle the spooky. But I still wouldn't seek out the spooky. Yeah. No, no, it's not something I typically want to go do. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> and even if you do run across the spooky, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, be prepared. So be prepared. You, be prepared. You want to seek out the spooky? Look at our stock market and the news. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we're surrounded by enough spooky that we don't need to go seeking yeah. out the spooky. We don't need extra but spooky. Again, I feel like I say this in every episode to you know make sure that you're reading your Bible, you're connected with the Lord, your prayer life's good, all that, so that you're not. There's no reason to be anxious or afraid. And I said that in episode one about the scary movies. Like, there were some I enjoyed, you know. But there were some that I've never liked. And that was the demon uh, oppression and possession and Satan. Uh, scared. And that, though, there's tons of them, right? Um, this is literally a movie called The Devil Inside Me. Like, oh, no, people. Like, these things can actually happen. Like, 
it's The freaky. Exorcist, for instance, yeah. based on a true story. Like, it's it's just freaky. Like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, why would you watch this? And with October being around, you know, especially being a librarian, everyone's asking me, like, have you read these Sting- Stephen King books or these other scary stories? No. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I want to, you know, I personally like the fantasy or the sci-fi stuff that, I don't know, I like to if I'm reading for fun. Just, I want to escape and go into a different world. I don't want to be reading about all this scary, spooky stuff. That I don't know. My imagination goes wild sometimes, and so I don't want to be sitting there afraid all the time. I did watch it, and it was... Being uh, a clown? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Why uh, would you ever do that? I, I was... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway... It scared me. I bet it did. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of scared, you know what it's time for? You know what it's time for? Fun facts. I am so afraid. Uh, <laughs> you should be afraid because very afraid. <laughs> I just came back today from um, the academic team training for the state. That's why I'm so afraid. Yes. So one of the things that we were talking about was a throwaway society. That was oh, one of the uh, interesting. Yeah, the future problem solving. Uh, Can you say that on air? I think so. I mean, it's a state topic. You can look it up oh, on the website. A throwaway society. A throwaway society. And one of the things that we were discussing was disposable plastic products. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. She had a blast. She I did. did. I did have a blast. It was, it was a great time. And so do you know when the plastic bag was patented? 1934. 1957. 1965. Ooh, that was closer. You were. Actually, it was created to actually reduce deforestation, believe it or not, because the original dude, I think his name was Stein Thuthurin, something like that. Anyway, he... Makes sense. Stein Thuthurin. He just patented or whatever with this other company, um, this plastic bag made of polyethylene that was uh, supposed to be superior to paper or cloth bags because it was supposed to be reused, 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 reused. However, when Mobile Petroleum began producing their own version, they made it cheaper and easily disposable so that they could keep making the product over and over again. And do you know who was the first large supermarket chain to switch to plastic bags? Oh, pick me, pick me. What? Walmart. No. Dad. Kroger. Yes. Why? <laughs> Dude, you're on fire. And one trillion pro- plastic bags are produced annually. Well, half of them are sitting in my pantry. <laughs> so, and here's where it gets scary. Plastic bags have now been found at the bottom of the ocean and all the way at the top of Mount Everest. Holy cow. Stupid Walmart bags. <laughs> Kroger um, bags, Ben. Kroger. Either bags. one, doesn't matter. And this is what I like kind of blew my mind just a little bit. Well, what? 
I was just picturing, like, you know, the International Space Station. I was just picturing a Walmart bag just floating by the window. Well, it actually can because there for a while we were sending trash up into space. That's actually, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's so big. I mean, I'm just saying that you'd never see it again. I out of sight of it. But that's not necessarily true because actually some of that stuff gets dinged by some of this trash still because it is still in somewhat of an orbit in space. I think we're supposed to launch it at the sun, and I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> we can have another moon, a trash moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have those floating garbage dumps islands. out in the in the yeah, and it's actually killing the phytoplankton yeah, out pl- in the plastic islands or something. Which is like one of well, the that's number just one dumb. Why would you send it out in the ocean? In the ocean, I don't think it was intentional. I think it all gathered and over time, and now they're floating because of the way the currents trash. and everything go. There just tends to be like one spot that it all just kind of. <sighs> I swear, this yep. world is full of idiots. <laughs> trash, <laughs> it's full of trash, yes. literally. Well, trash is full right. of trash. But um, Americans use an average of 365 plastic bags per person annually. One per day. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know how many plastic bags it is that makes the equivalent of petroleum for one mile of driving? Say that again. What now? How many plastic bags does it take oh. to make the equivalent for one mile of driving? 7,412. A half a bag. 14 plastic bags is the equivalent petroleum for one mile of driving. 14? 14. That's nothing. I know. I know. There's more than that in my trunk right now of a car. I know. So in my, I'm sitting there like, we're talking about this, right? And I'm sitting here going, why are we so worried about electric cars when we should be really more worried about these plastic bags? If we go electric car, we're still, yeah, you're absolutely right. I totally just pulled a Price is Right thing. Ben's like 14000 I'm like, two. One dollar, Bob. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a hoarder, but we do have an Aldi in town, and they don't give you bags. Probably because bags are bad for the environment. Well, now, they are promoting paper bags now, and like the well, bags are killing the rainforest. Yeah, well, no, and it reduces the cost because they expect you to bring your own bags into the store. Mm-hmm. So, I always have these reusable bags because when you go to any teacher conference, you walk away with thirty of these little like bags. Yeah, these cheapy cloth yeah. bags, but they work. Put I mean, your groceries on. Better than plastic. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But. <laughs> kind. <laughs> depends on which uh, educational product you're talking about. <laughs> 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 the fallet bags are <laughs> top notch. Yeah, those things are legit. Anyway. But yeah. Is that your. That was a that was an amazing fun fact. I know. I was sitting there doing that whole thing going, oh, there's so many more fun facts about that. But I just thought that that was, I don't know, kind of. To me, I don't know trash and all of that and and not reusing and and all of that is scary to me so i thought it would kind of bring a little bit of lightness to (laughs) demon possession (laughs) wow well cleanliness is next to godliness if you're not afraid about demons be afraid about trash (laughs) (laughs) except dina keeps saying don't be anxious about anything well thanks dina now I'm anxious about all the trash in the ocean. <laughs> I know. So think about the next time that you get a Walmart order and you have 14 bags sitting on your porch and you're like, this could have been a whole mile of driving. I could have, Yeah, I could have driven a whole mile on this petroleum. You know, I have tons of bags in the pantry, so they are re- being reused. And plastic does not actually biodegrade. 
Well, it doesn't. So a plastic bag will remain a plastic bag. What if it's made out of corn? <laughs> it's corn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beautiful thing. What if it's made out of corn? Will it will it biodegrade then or no? Uh, if it has any of the the oil products in it, it, it won't. It, it like it part of it will biodegrade, but it, it will still have those like fibers and mm. stuff. Huh. So yeah, if you melt plastic bags, they are still there somewhere mm-hmm. in the atmosphere. Yeah, and then you're killing our ozone layer. Word you're you're looking for is, anyways. (laughs) Don't don't be a Debbie Downer. (laughs) Peace, love, and kindness. (laughs) So, with that being said, guys, we love you. Thanks for listening to this really long episode of the Ultra Podcast. If you're still here. (laughs) On Demon Possession. Please reuse, recycle. Yeah, reduce, reuse, recycle. Save the planet. Yep. Captain America, he's your hero. Going to take pollution down to zero. All right. We're gonna, watch that? I don't think that's a thing. We're going to take this ADD train back. Over. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the author podcast on Anchor. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to connect with us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.